Jesus said, Watch therefore, for you do not know the day nor the hour. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is uh, warning you today. Now, there is encouragement along with some comfort in his parable of the ten virgins. But we can't ignore the warning. It wouldn't be safe. It's dangerous to ignore a warning, especially so when it comes from Jesus. It's a pretty simple warning, too. Most warnings are. Whoever is given the warning doesn't want to be misunderstood. They don't want anyone to miss it. Same here. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the day nor the hour. What day is that? Which hour? It's the hour when the Son of Man comes. You don't know when Jesus is going to come back, just like the virgins didn't know when the bridegroom would arrive. Jesus is the bridegroom. So when you consider uh, Jesus' warning and, and connect it with the parable, it's pretty easy to figure out Jesus' warning. Coin toss if we'll listen. So let's rework Jesus' warning a bit. Let's make it a little simpler, uh, kind of using language from the parable as well. And what that sounds like is this. The bridegroom's coming. Don't end up without oil. But that's exactly what the devil wants for you. The devil wants you to end up without oil by the time Jesus returns. That means the devil wants you to run out of the Holy Spirit. The devil wants you to grieve the Holy Spirit, to resist him, to quench the Holy Spirit, as Paul puts it. I say this because the symbol of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is oil. Christ was anointed with the oil of gladness. The Spirit of Yahweh was upon him. He was anointed to preach. That's what David and Isaiah prophesy. This is also why the Spirit came upon Saul and David after they were anointed with oil to be king. So, back to the parable. The devil wants you empty. He doesn't want you to have any oil. He wants you to run out of ammo. He doesn't want you to have the life of Christ. He wants you not to have the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us we have received the gift of the Spirit by faith. And so if the devil can't trick you into leaving the Holy Spirit behind, he'll crack your flask of oil, shipwreck your faith, as Paul puts it. And then a little drip here, a little drip there, eventually no oil, no spirit, no life, no faith. But the devil isn't doing anything that our flesh doesn't already do on its own. None of those foolish virgins thought they'd be the ones running out of oil. 
That'll never be me, they thought. But that's what we all think. Your flesh thinks it's wise in itself, that it knows better than the Lord Jesus. That it can listen to his warning later. Where is the promise of his coming anyway? As we heard in the epistle last week. Little bit by little bit, their torches dried out. Finally, our torches are going out, they cry. But looking at our own actions, we arrogantly think, well, that's not going to be me. The Lord's patience is long, but limited. Eventually, there was no hope for them. No hope to buy oil at midnight. Same for anyone who grieves the Holy Spirit, even you. Just like Hebrews tells us, it was, the, it was that way with Esau. When Esau desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Truly I tell you, I don't know you, is what the bridegroom will say. Will he say it to you? The bridegroom's coming, don't end up without oil. It's what the devil wants. Our sinful nature's kind of okay with it too, because it thinks that'll never be me. Like, we've never been wrong saying that before. We don't set out to do that. But it's the consequences of our actions. But do you know who doesn't want you to end up without oil? Jesus. I mean, come on, that's, Jesus is the bridegroom who doesn't want you to end up without oil. And that's why he warns you. It's why he's telling this parable to you today. The reason Jesus says, watch therefore for you do not know the day nor the hour. The reason he's saying the bridegroom's coming, don't end up without oil, is precisely so you don't. And the good news about uh, bridegroom Jesus is that he isn't just that he doesn't want that to happen. That's why he's warning you. It's that he actively does something about it. Jesus doesn't stand on the sidelines and expect you to figure it out for yourself. John tells us something about Jesus. He tells us that Jesus has the Spirit without measure. Since Jesus is the eternal Son of God, there's no limit to the amount of Holy Spirit that Jesus has. And Jesus, this one who has no limit of the Spirit, is the true bridegroom. He is bridegroom when he is giving his life for his bride, the church. When he's dying for your sins, my sins, that's when he is most bridegroom. That's what Ephesians 5 is all about. It's the theme that runs through John's gospel too. And so it is when Jesus dies. John tells us 
he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. And so on the last day, when he finally comes, he is uh, right now a little bit delayed according to his own timing. In the meantime, before he comes again, he sends out his spirit to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify each of us in preparation for the eternal wedding feast that starts on the last day. And so... Pay attention to Jesus' warning. The bridegroom's coming. Don't end up without oil. But you don't actually have to worry about it. It's not only that Jesus has the Spirit without measure, as John tells us. Jesus also gives out the Spirit without measure. And you don't have to wonder about where to get it either. There's no need to uh, go by for yourselves. There's no need to wonder if the Lord will answer that somewhat disconcerting prayer. It's a little bit vague. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Because the Lord is very clear about where and how he gives you the oil, gives you the Spirit. The Spirit is delivered to you in holy baptism. That's Acts 2, Titus 3, and John 3. The Spirit is present and active in the Bible, in reading of it. 2 Timothy 3 and 2 Peter 1. The Spirit is active and present whenever the gospel is preached. It's Romans 10. The Spirit is present Whenever the Bible is taught, 1 Timothy 4, the Spirit is present wherever Jesus' words are heard. That's John 6. The Spirit is present in the flesh and blood Jesus. That's Luke 1. That's what Christmas is all about. He's also present in Jesus' words of institution. It's John 6. All of these things are full of oil, full of the Spirit, each one more full of oil than you can burn up in your little lifetime. Don't fall into foolish virgin thinking. That's also part of Jesus' warning. You don't know when he's coming back. The foolish virgins had their excuses I've got enough. It's too much sacrifice to bring oil. It'll take too much effort, time to bring it with me. I'll, I'll never be the one to run out. I'll never be left out. Whatever their excuses happen to be, the foolish took no oil. But the wise took flasks of oil with their torches. For the wise... There was never enough, it seems. They'd always, they always wanted to have more with them. Get more oil and bring it along. And those who were ready went in with the bridegroom to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. The foolish left out, eternally so. In this parable, we see 
uh, an example of what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 8. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. The bridegroom's coming. Don't end up without oil. But through his word and his gifts, he is making sure that you won't. In the name of Jesus.